Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give, and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it. This is the Bad Film Club, starring Holly Gordon and Shanae Navigela. Your feature is about to begin. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah. This film I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> the So this is the Bad Film Club. I'm Holly Gordon. And I'm Shanina Begela. And we watch bad films. And this week we are doing Sex and City 2. Came out in 2010 and has the full ensemble cast of Sex and City TV show. Oh, it's a bad film. It's not a great film at all, yeah. is it? It's not even that like, it's aged badly. It just... It was a really bad film. Mm-hmm. This is not my kind of show. Like I was, I think I was too young for it to be relatable to me. And also, as an adult, I watched it. I think I watched it at uni because obviously, like it's one of those cult things that everyone watches and everyone's seen. And everyone's like, "Oh, I'm a Carrie," or "I'm Samantha," whatever. It's just not in my vernacular or in my cultural sphere because it's just not my kind of show. Mm. Because specifically. It's supposed to be a show about women and it's for women, but it always feels like very sexist. Everyone is white. (laughs) I do not believe that in New York City, four best friends are going to be all white women. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I just don't believe it. Yeah. And the people that they're around are always white. I don't understand it. (laughs) I really hated the series. And then Mr. Big didn't ever get the vibe attraction from him didn't get their relationship all of her boyfriends i was like yeah no (laughs) samantha's a bit much and then the rest of it's just a bit blah yes so i grew up knowing about this tv show because it aired on hbo and at the time growing up the uk doesn't didn't have access to hbo right did we so you would have the dvd box sets Uh, those were the times (laughs) I remember being introduced to Sex and City through a old friend at school Mm. who like at the time lived around the corner from from me and we watched them I think I think I watched them the first maybe series or so when I was like 16 17 sixth form age I guess early sixth form age and then like you revisited it sort of in uni yeah but my memory of it is very bad because so many other better TV shows I watch at uni like oh, yeah, shove it 100%. to the side in my mind. Um, so I always knew the vibe of Sex and City, but I do believe, like you've mentioned, that it is probably the worst, you know, imagining of women yeah. living their lives in a big city because it's so much internal misogyny. God, so much. Yeah. It's insanity. And I don't understand how this is marketed about women for women. Mm. I don't understand how it's kept that label for so long. I don't understand how it's so enduring and how we're still talking about it and how they're going to do a reboot of it (laughs) because this film just proves that it just shouldn't have been done. So as a series, I'm like, yeah, didn't need it, but it was there. Fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. The first film I can deal with, I think it's okay, but this film was unnecessary a 
and then B, just crap. None of the plot points really make any sense and were so unnecessary and felt so out of character, out of context. This didn't feel like the same group of women that that show was about. Yes, you know I, I mean? 100% agree because that was my one of my thoughts throughout watching this yesterday for the podcast. Mm. Like These don't feel like familiar characters to me. Like the ones that we kind of, you take from the TV show that you end up kind of liking. And like the cultural impact of Sex and the City is, uh, even though it's arguably a very bad show because of how it writes women and and how separately all the characters have got their massive flaws and a lot of the stuff that would, if it was made now, a lot of the stuff would never like fly. People would be calling out and it would have had to yeah. get, like it probably would have got cancelled. It wouldn't have lasted six seasons mm. anyway. Oh, got two films out of it. But these women have now been idolized. idolized. Uh, yeah. And also made into personality traits in the sense like people, women yeah. call themselves. I'm a carry. Like it's a personality type that you can be. Mm. People are not like this. Also, one of my issues with it is that they're very one dimensional as well because they're quite, they're like complexity is not there. Mm-hmm. Especially in the fact that, you know, it had six seasons and then the, f- the films are just like, okay, so. The whole film is based around the terrible two. Charlotte's got a two-year-old daughter who won't stop crying. Carrie and Big marriages in their second year. And it's just so kind of transparent and stupid. I didn't even know that... I didn't know that the quote-unquote terrible twos could apply to a marriage as well. I guess that's like maybe people can consider that's when like the honeymoon phase is over. I just never considered it to be applied. I, maybe that's just Carrie has a character. She just does that because she applies it. <laughs> like she applies like stupid metaphors to life. Yeah, bad writing, bad writing. Yeah, it's just not, it's not good. Is Carrie Bradshaw a good writer? Yes or no? No. How does she get a book deal? No, of course <laughs> not. Okay, can I just say one other thing just from a publishing point of view? Who in the design those book covers? They are ugly AF. Thank you. I wrote that down in my notes. What in the ever-loving graphic design is that? I wrote that in my notes. I wrote that. And also 2010. There was a lot of great books coming out in 2010. (laughs) Come on. We we got some great covers. We got some historical book covers. How the hell is she saying, yes, that's what I would like? I just, uh, that book cover really annoyed me so much. From a from a graphic design point of view too, so yes, it yep. really really annoyed me. It's the uh, only iconography that you can use when you're talking about marriage is rings. Apparently, there's nothing else. <laughs> there's nothing else you can uh, oh my. include. There's there's nothing creative or you know it's all just expected I mean, design, isn't it? It really raised my hackles. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> okay, so let's. I guess let's start from the beginning where. Carrie does this stupid voiceover that she continues, so it's like a thing in the series, which is fine. I feel like it works on a sitcom level. It does not translate well into film. (laughs) Firstly. Secondly, she refers to it as New York BC before Carrie. I hated it. I hated it because I thought no one... (laughs) I just didn't like it because her ego is so... like, And her self-esteem is so high that she can... Yeah, the narcissism is high. The narcissism is so high that she can... Like, New York has a timeline of before her and after her. Like, she's made such an impact to the city of New York. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
so stupid. <laughs> it's just such a, it's so, so annoying. Stupid. And I, I know it's like a really small detail, but it's annoying. Yeah. If you've, imagine have never watched the TV show and only really seen the first film and then you're, in, and that's how Carrie Bradshaw introduced herself. So yes, carry on. She goes on, she has a monologue. Yeah. Well, okay. So, but I think they do that good thing of, they kind of make it a standalone in that, yes, the characters are established and stuff, but they do this thing where they call back to how they met. So each of the women have met Carrie mm-hmm. specifically, not each other. Her friendship is just so great. Fine. So mm-hmm. she does this thing where she's like, I arrived in New York in sometime in the 80s. It, I can't 90, remember. I didn't yeah, even write it down. 1986, she arrived in New York. Yeah. yeah, it goes on from introducing her friends from there. I enjoy the exploration of the fashion. And then in the last bit of that, where they're all like together in present day, they're wearing ball gowns and they are dressed to the nines to go to register for Stanford and Anthony's wedding. What? This film instantly makes me feel like a slob because <laughs> they make me, they make so much effort to do the bare, like the most mundane task. And I understand that there's such a night, yeah. there's like women and me, myself included, love the process of getting ready and like dressing up and feeling good about yourself. There are some things that I just don't make an effort for. Yeah. There's making an effort and then there's like this, there's this where they look like they're about to go out or to like a big event or function, but they're just going shopping. I mean, we'll talk about this later. The fashion is just yeah. hilarious to me. First 10 minutes is obviously for this wedding and... There's something very unsettling about how they talk about gay marriage. I hated it. Did you find it uncomfortable or as uncomfortable as I found it? Because I found it very uncomfortable. I was just like, why is this some, why is this some Willy Wonka shit? I don't like it. I don't like these stereotypes. I don't like how they think that they can get away with this. And they get away with it because Michael Patrick King, we should have prefaced this by saying Michael Patrick King wrote, co-produced and directed this film and he's like a very openly gay man yeah oh my god so he's an openly gay man but i feel like he uses that to be like oh yeah it's fine because i wrote that and it's not okay and it's one version of of being queer and that's not how everyone is and i just really didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy anything about it i also find that like okay i find that i think charlotte said that my gay best friend is marrying your gay best friend. And yeah. I find that the trope, trope, stereotype, or like just, and also women generally, the whole thing, idea around gay best friend is so annoying because it's, it, yeah. it's a stereotype. It's also, there's a really weird kind of. Fetishization. Yes. Of sexuality from straight women mm-hmm. because they essentially see it just a man, but super feminine and like who can who can open up but it's not like that it's just there's a lot of social stuff that comes with it yeah and it's that bit for me age rebellion and i just really didn't like that they said it mm-hmm. so we're then introduced to like the setting of the, the the wedding and it's in like this really nice inn in like new new england connecticut or whatever yeah. like most of nice things in america are <laughs> big and carrie are like getting ready and carrie comes out showing her oh, outfit i hated it and she's wearing a tux because she's the best man it's that gender what which you think is progressive and think you think is cool, but it's not really. There's something that's again sat with me really weirdly. Mm. But is it big kept saying it's a gay wedding and Carrie kept saying no, it's not yeah. just a gay wedding. And I thought for a second 
she was going to say, it's not just a gay, it's not it's, it's a, wedding. a wedding, but yeah. she didn't. <laughs> she didn't redeem herself. Yeah. And yeah, so did you, were you impressed by the, you know, reveal of her outfit? <laughs> no, not at all. Hated her hair. Hated, hated it. Oh. I was like, I wear a suit a lot. So I was just like, okay, fine. That's cool. Fine. It wasn't a particularly nice suit. It's Carrie Bradshaw. You're, you're supposed to be known for fashion. This suit is not fashion. Yes, but... This suit is a suit, her, you know? Has anyone in the since early 2000s ever thought Carrie Bradshaw was the face of fashion? I mean, in this film, apparently it's a thing. We'll talk about outfits later, mm. but some of them are horrific mm-hmm. and horrendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the crown thing. <laughs> I found that weird that she's wearing a crown as the best mm-hmm. man and he's the main event. You're not the main event. Why are you making it about yourself now? She pulls focus, doesn't she? A lot of the time. Yeah. We then go see kind of the main wedding and the setup and this plays into obviously massive stereotypes because it's in a very extravagant (sighs) wedding there's probably i think there's a couple of lines that kind of hint and play on that stereotype the amount of gayness it is and i mean it's all far it's far it's all funning you know celebratory and everyone's very happy but it just could have been written better with like thought and like maybe care behind it because Again, it's a version of what we think a gay man is, and we now know ten years later that there yeah. is it's not true. Or it it could be true for some people, but it's not the one sole way of being. Mm. There were swans. I thought that was quite this I literally was gonna say that they're swans. <laughs> they're swans. And I was like, all right. How much is too much? I don't know. And then they got officiated by Liza Manelli <laughs> because Liza Manelli a gay icon, obviously. I think Miranda said now it's officially a gay red wedding or something along those lines. She also said that thing, you know, when <laughs> when there's so much gay energy in one room, Liza manifest. <laughs> I feel like that's the only appropriate joke in this situation. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. The rest of it before, the preamble, I don't think it was funny. But I enjoyed Liza Minnelli just there doing her thing. She's like, I'm taking this cameo and I'm running with it. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. I wonder how they got her on. Maybe paid a load of money. Wild. So then we get into like the reception bit. Yeah. Do you want to talk? It's the couple that that talks to Big and Carrie. That there's a lot of things that really uh, like irked me about this conversation, and it does prove that it's aged terribly because yeah. it's just so bad. That it's just it's so bad. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. So basically, just for plot points. So basically, a couple talk to Carrie and Big. I feel like this is the crux of the film in that this woman turns to Carrie and Big and she's just saying how big of a fan she is of Carrie XYZ. Her and her, her husband are expecting a baby, but through surrogate. And then they just go on like you would to a stranger at a wedding, apparently, that, oh, we could give you up the surrogate service name. I was just like, what, what are you doing? And then they... Carrie and Big are just like, no, we don't want children. We've discussed it and it's not for us. Mm-hmm. And instead of just respecting it and leaving it at that, the woman's just like, but it's just going to be you two forever and looks shocked. <laughs> and then this is like kind of where the whole film, the reoccurring theme throughout the film, it's just going to be us two forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This feels very like a fragile premise for, for a film. It's like, this also feels... It's like not the first time that a character in this film gets influenced by a comment that another character says and then suddenly 
falls apart. Mm. These women are supposed to be written as strong women who know what they want and are very <laughs> like a very uh, career forward, fashion forward. Yep. They know what they they know what mm. they want in their relationships and in their men and in their like lives. And yeah, but then how confident are they really when one person can knock their confidence and their self-belief exactly so much and it's also like now they're in their 40s and 50s you would think that they would have grown more exactly but i feel like there's not been any of that character change because they're exactly like what they were like in the tv show when they're supposed to be what in their 20s and 30s then (laughs) yeah michael patrick king just hasn't written doesn't know how to write aging women that's also part of the problem of this is that yes women age that's fine there's nothing wrong with that and you know, you want these friends because they have these characteristics and then you don't give them that character arc. You just give them the shallow versions of themselves that they were 20 years ago and they haven't changed. Yes. I also think that there is like some, because there was, this film is very misogynistic in several different ways. I mean, this is a bigger discussion, but there is a lot of misogyny within the gay community towards women. And I think that kind of, yeah. it, this was at a time when I think people were only weren't fully aware of it and even though gay men are not straight men and just because they're gay doesn't mean that they're good at writing women um either because that's also that's just assuming isn't it that's assumption exactly and i think but i think there is there was an awareness but i think that it wasn't kind of used for film because they do that thing of a gay man equates a feminine voice and it's not that's not the same Mm -hmm. yeah so it's like I, I get exactly where you're coming from and that's such a good point. And- mm-hmm. Exactly. So then, like you said, this then catapults Carrie into a world of worry <laughs> about her marriage. But then Literally. I guess, do we want to talk about like anything else that happened at the wedding? What is your opinion on this woman just being like, what, you're not going to have kids? Oh, I found it really uncomfortable and I hate it. And I hate anyone judging other people for having children or she like to when i was watching it i was like why are you crying over someone else's business um and choice yeah because we always argue and we always fight for women's choices but then the minute a woman is not doing what she's expected to do why is a woman getting upset about it yeah i think it also probably came from assumption that she's oh she's a woman she must she settled down now she She must must she must want kids and that's not always the case yeah for a lot of women but we are so busy getting we're so tired of getting judged man by other women yeah, too man. also a lot of the judgment comes from other women which is another issue completely i know but then i also didn't like this thing of <laughs> so samantha meets the other best man who is stanford's straight hot brother of course and has sex with him so she's like screaming and they're having sex in one side of the hotel room and then carrie and bigger in the middle and then on the other side are Charlotte and her family and her screaming child. Mm. And then the I think the narrative Carrie says something like, and there we were, trapped between wild sex and a screaming children. Like, yes, they're two ends of a spectrum, but there's so much in between that. She's so dramatic, man. So stupid. She always makes her her situation sound like the worst possible situation, and it's really not. Yeah. Oh, and then the morning after. When they're having breakfast together. Yeah. That's when we are introduced to Samantha's menopause storyline. Oh, wow. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. This this was like the, I guess, the... 
secondary or there was a secondary storyline and it was mostly just for comedic value mm. or oh, i had a gut feeling that they wrote this for samantha not only because obviously to show that she's getting older and she is older than the rest of them but also yeah. they thought that they were doing probably a service to like normalizing menopause and making it more like you know open and like people talking about it yeah but they made it the butt of a joke and it was yeah they made it a caricature and they used it as a running gag throughout this yeah, film it, and it was so annoying. Yeah. So we got introduced to Samantha and she's taking a load of different pills, loads of different creams to basically keep her, her body younger and not and trick it into not going into menopause. Um, then yeah. we have the other storyline. <laughs> I hated this as well. Of Charlotte and oh. Charlotte's got two daughters and she has an in-home nanny who is played by Alice Eve, who <laughs> she does an Irish accent and it is the most ridiculous, unnecessary accent mm. ever. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I didn't really understand why the nanny needed to be Irish. No, at all. It didn't add really anything to the character. I guess it was just... I mean, except that she had a really bad accent. Exactly. And then, and it just, again, played into that, like, that into that stereotype of the nanny... She doesn't wear a bra, essentially, and she's got, like... And so her boobs are everywhere. And it plays into that stereotype of like, oh, the husband is the loving husband of this four-person family is going to then cheat on the wife with the hot nanny, essentially. Yeah, hated it. And they call it, there should be a law against it, the Jude law. Shut up. (laughs) Do you know what? Do you know what? (gasps) Carrie is not funny. Like, any time she tries to crack a joke, nothing is funny that she says. Can I just say, I really didn't like that plot point. The nanny plot point, I felt like was, so unnecessary and so contrived because they kind of needed to give Charlotte an angle. I agree because I think Charlotte's notoriously like the opposite to a lot of what either Carrie or Samantha do. Yeah. And they needed someone who would be on the opposite side of the spectrum to what Carrie is feeling. They're both going through their separate issues with their marriage and stuff. Yeah. But they because they have such different opinions of things... I think it's written to cause tension between them throughout the throughout the film. Yeah, I guess so. I do remember little bits throughout the film of them butting heads. I mean, they have they do have a big yeah. argument, don't I they? I mean, it was mostly because Carrie was being a bitch, though. Yes, <laughs> she's such just a like, trap. How are you going to say that to your friend? Your friend is upset about this thing that may or may not happen with her husband, and she's obviously worried. Instead of being a friend about it, Carrie's constantly being kind of horrible about it. See, so since she met. Charlotte first as well, so longest relate longest friendship as well. Yeah, man. So this brunch, I to be honest, like out of any of all the Sex and City kind of scenes that are well known, I always really like brunch or like the restaurant scenes that they were that all four of them are sitting together because it's just them just chatting. Yeah, and it's just some. It's like sometimes the bit the most enjoyable ones because like things get set up in them. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they go back to their flat and. Wow, they're flat. I think that's the winner of this film. I they're flat. How the, do they afford it's it? It's amazing. But then we do find out that she never sold her other flats. So they own two flats in New York. Yep, in New York, in Manhattan. Okay, it's cool. not even like it's not even I the mean, other other areas of um, New York. It's Manhattan, which is obviously the most expensive. It's just ridiculous. But all of it's ridiculous because she's. I mean, she's getting what paid a dollar per word. How many words is she churning out? 
And also, like, her, how much are her advances going to be? Are they going to be that big that she's buying Prada this and Prada that? I don't understand. I don't know. Fine. Yeah, exactly. And oh, I don't get it. I mean, I did write this down too because it annoyed me. But then this generally does annoy me about American films. They seem to wear their shoes indoors. Are you psychic? I literally <laughs> am just looking at my note that says, who wears shoes in the house, though? Americans do. It's such a... I don't understand it. He's wearing them on the sofa. She's wearing them on her bed at one point. What are you doing? I, get, Take I them really off. don't get it. It's the most one of the most confusing things about the American culture. I don't understand why they're happy to bring dirt into the house. Yeah, man. I don't know. Unsanitary. Yeah, they have a conversation about the fact that... I mean, she mentions that she's, you know, put a lot of effort and money into like decorating this flat. And so she sits on the chair opposite Big, who's what, reading the newspaper and got shoes on the couch or whatever. And hints can even put take them off the couch. And I just thought, oh, thank you. At least you've done that. Because it was really bugging me. Yeah. And then what did he all, he asked, um, what should we get yeah. for dinner, like take out? And she was like, because she just assumed that they were going out for dinner. Just go out. Where should I make reservations? <sighs> yeah, yeah, This is exactly. another thing. I mean, so this is like where they've tried to subtly lay out what the tension in the film is going to be, which is so stupid. But basically, it's like in this small microcosm of him putting his feet on the couch with the with the shoes on, mm. and the fact that she wants to go out and he wants to stay in. <laughs> I'm bored in our marriage, you know, two years, and we're becoming an old married couple. I'm like, girl, yes, your marriage is settling down a little bit. It's been two years. It's not like you're never gonna have fun or do anything fun. Yeah, but she doesn't want to stay at home what two nights a week she was he's just like we were just gone for the whole weekend what do you mean exactly that was what i thought too like the thought of like spending a weekend away at a wedding and then the second she gets home you think that we're leaving the house now we've just got in (laughs) i know but it's just that's up this she's got her dream man she's got her dream apartment she's got her dream job but you know it's still not enough and that's what the setup is isn't it it's so annoying you're rolling your eyes and i love it because i was exactly the same it's so annoying is it like a few weeks later they have an anniversary dinner? Yeah. Big as cooked. I didn't know that that could be a thing. I thought they would have gone out for dinner. Yeah. And then Carrie gives him a vintage roulette. Yeah. Which doesn't impress me, but good for him. <laughs> yeah. And then he is like, your presence in the bedroom. And she gets all obviously very excited. And I felt a pang of kind of like her on her behalf. I will admit <laughs> He turned her writing desk into her stand for a TV. Yep. And <laughs> what? Because they watched TV once. We turned to each other and we were just like, oh, oh yeah, we probably should have said that. In the, yeah, in the <laughs> hotel, they watched a black and white film and then he's like, oh yeah, that's, that's the stuff. And I was just like, oh dear. Yeah, Lord. it's not, it's like, Please, cool, no. you can have these moments of relaxation. And that's like, it's nice to watch TV together in bed or whenever, like on the sofa. But it's not, well, because you did it once, that's what you want your life to be on. And I just, I think what bogged me was the fact that she, like, he knows her very well and knows that writing is her thing. And she's obviously made her life from writing. And he decided to just take her writing desk and turn it into something. Essentially, it was a gift for her, but mostly for him. And it was so annoying. But it's not a gift because it's like, that's for you. That's not for me. Which means it's not, yeah, which means it's not really a gift at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he's like, oh my God, did I fuck up? And she's just like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we should say that also the Rolex she got him was engraved and it said, me and you just us two. That is a recurring kind of <sighs> saying yeah. or whatever. Beamer. I don't really know what happens. And oh, she gets a copy of her new book. Oh, dear. And then Charlotte calls her. Oh, and she's baking muffins with her girls. Fine. Fun. Cool. The woman is wearing all white. So I was already like, yeah, something's going to happen to her. Then the kid, this scene really stressed <laughs> me out. So the yeah. youngest girl, the one in her twos, is screaming. Not even just crying. She's scream crying, which gave me a lot of secondhand anxiety. Mm-hmm. Lily, who's the older child, she's rubbing her hands in this red icing. And I was just like, wait for it. Wait for it. All this time, Charlotte's on the phone to Carrie talking about, should she be worried about the nanny? And then the kids are screaming. Lily's like screaming like, mom, can you pay attention to me? And then it all happens. And Lily puts both of her hands smack on her mom's butt in her white cream skirt and her mom is it just made me laugh so much because she was like this is a vintage valentino what have you done (laughs) yeah it was like the last straw of a very stressed and overworked (laughs) awful time for her anxiety ridden mother she's doing so much so uh, there were so many muffins i didn't understand there was just so many it was just too much for me there were so many I feel really bad for her, but then I did think, why are you wearing those clothes whilst cooking? I felt that in my soul because I was just like, oh, that hurt. Yeah. I literally wrote that's a travesty on my note. <laughs> and so she locks, she hangs up and she shouts at her daughter and is like, it's too much. And then she locks herself in the ki- in like the, the walk-in pantry, the walk-in fridge. It's, it's a pantry, yeah. yeah. And starts cry- and starts crying. Which I think is a really relatable moment as a parent. You must feel like that at some point. I'm pretty sure my mom probably felt like that with us. Yeah. Just overwhelmed because there's like everything you do is not working and yeah. You don't have any kind of you don't have any time to yourself and just because you're a parent doesn't mean all your anxieties and worries from before you're a parent go away. Yeah. And then the nanny comes and opens the door and like the voiceover is like in that moment, Charlotte had never been so relieved to see Erin. I just thought it was probably perspective, I guess. Carrie's trying to have perspective. Yeah. Or whatever it is. But that um, scene is one of the scenes I do remember from like watching it, watching this film previously, because it stuck out so much. Because mm. I was just like, how shocking it was to me. Like, just don't wear designer clothes around kids. That's I think, what I took away from it. <laughs> yeah, man. And then um, we're at the premiere. They're all there together. Previously, Samantha has been called out by an actor who she represents, who she's also had a thing with, because he wants her to mm. be walk the red carpet with him. And I remember when this film came out and the publicity for it, because there was a big, there was like, there's so many like celebrity cameos in it. Yeah. So essentially, Samantha has this dress and Miley Cyrus is also on the red carpet and has the same dress. Yep. And there's a big moment. And that was the it. exact same outfit, but with a different necklace, which I enjoyed. I felt like Samantha looked great. I feel like I would have changed the boots for her to wear like, stilettos or something. But I mean, I feel like it looked great. So I just remember that scene from that Miley Cyrus scene from the trailer when it was coming to cinemas. Yeah. I felt like they made that scene more than it was. Like it was way too young for her. Why? When are you ever too old to wear sequins? Samantha <laughs> has a great body. She looks great for her age. Like, why not 
show it off. Like you, age is irrelevant. It's so stupid. Yeah. Well, actually, anybody is a good body. But like, if you spend that much time on your appearance, why would you not wear a dress like that? You know, like, <laughs> yes, that's also an internal misogyny point of, oh, she shouldn't wear that because she's X amount of years old. And, you know, she should be dressing, quote unquote, modestly when she's, quote unquote, a certain age. It's so stupid. Later, when they go to the Middle East, they go on about modesty and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm like, what? There's such a hypocrisy <sighs> to it. I hate it. One thing about this stupid premiere, there's this bit where <laughs> Samantha's talking to the sheikh who's financed the film. And she's there with Smith Jared in like the VIP after party bit. And she... I quote says, I've always been fascinated with the Middle East, Desert Moons, Shahrazad. And I was just like, what? It is literally just like, <laughs> that's all you got for me. There's so much stuff you could have talked about. And those are the only two things that came to your mind. Yes. And then followed up by this guy saying Dubai is over. Can I just tell you one thing that will blow your mind? Actually, I'll save it till the end and then it will blow your mind. Okay, cool. Oh, just to also point out, this <laughs> film, the film that they're promoting and talking about in the premiere is, it's called Heart of the Desert. And the poster is, the main, is Smith. Smith Jared. Smith Jared yeah. holding essentially what like looks like an Arab kid. Look, like he's like a fucking white saviour. It's so stupid. And it's like... I mean, isn't this whole film just that anyway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's just ridiculous. And it was just because the poster is so badly photoshopped. Um Yeah. I feel like it's just like a joke in itself. Yeah. Also this bit has a little celebrity cameo. Oh yes, at the Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. She's so pretty. That's my She looks impeccable in anything that she is impeccable in whatever I see her in. Even in this, how is she such a scene stealer and she's got two lines? Yeah, she's talking to Big at the bar. And oh my god, actually, so yes, before so like just before this scene, Carrie, who is Carrie talking to? Is it Sanford? I think it is yeah. at the ta- at one different table. Yeah, yeah. And I don't really. I think she's just complaining about Big because like he's not leaving the house. But I was distracted yeah. by that. But I was distracted because we haven't really seen Carrie's full outfit yet, and we don't really see it at the premiere because she wears a well. She she wears like a what I think is a decent nice black dress and then she ruined it she ruined it with this like taupe sleeveless jacket and then the thing i noticed and i couldn't stop laughing she wears a belt as a necklace it is a a belt (laughs) as a necklace and i was like carrie bradshaw fashion forward new yorker is wearing a belt it was one of those belts you could get from like punky fish or like claire's that had the studs all over them (laughs) I swear, it yep. is so. But it stuck out to me to the point where I kind of just got a bit distracted by it during the film, and then we get, and then she yep. notices Big talking to Penelope Cruz at the bar, and then suddenly gets really he is like not happy. She gets very protective. I just fine, you know. You do you, babe. <laughs> but yep. Mm-hmm. And they come home from the premiere, and he's sitting. He's sitting in the bed watching TV. She's getting on, like, ready for bed, and... She's so angry. She's so... It's a little loud. Yeah, it's a little loud. I guess that she's really ticked off about the whole situation, but she's trying to find a good way to start an argument, so she just moans about the volume of it. Yeah. And then she mentions, this is not a black and white film. This is not black and white. This was... You said this was only for black and white moments. Very pedantic. Yeah, and I get... <laughs> she... 
isn't this all solved by actual proper communication instead of just like skirting around the issue? Exactly. Exactly that. <laughs> and secondly, who at this point, I was like, who is this film for? Because why are they having her arg- this argument in, why is she in her bra? Oh, I know. I was really like confused by it. I thought, oh, is, 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 this, is this a Sex and City thing? Like she's all, they're just like, they're always a bit more comfortable with their bodies and they always have something showing. Or is it for the male gaze? I feel like it was for the male gaze. It was a weird thing that stuck out to me because I was just like, this is a weird sub, sub point here. I, I don't know. I just really didn't like it. It was not necessary. I know she was halfway through getting like undressed to change into like night stuff, but. But yeah, so after that, they go to sleep and then she wakes up in the middle of the night and the TV's still on and she's so angry that she gets up at 6 a.m. And this is where we find out that she's still got her old apartment and she goes there to write. And then he calls her, like, what time did you get up? And she yeah. basically just says that she'll she's going to stay there to write this article for two days. Okay, yeah, I just was so confused by it. Yeah, and then he picks her up on the after her deadline on that next day, and then they start making out in the car, like, everything's solved. And I'm just like, just talk to each other, I don't understand. Yeah, she had those, like, two, she had, like, a breathing time after an argument, essentially, and then yeah, this is the this is where the issues, again, start to happen. Well, not they don't start, they just carry on from here, like, it's... Like they, they're not a married couple that could just communicate. They, oh, they're so stupid. They're adults as well. I know. And her voiceover is like, we had a nice meal out, and the television stayed off. Okay, <laughs> we're just gonna go there. <laughs> so stupid. In the meantime, they do a famous, another famous brunch get together where they, together. the girls talk out their lives. Yeah, yep. and uh, Samantha has uh, reveals that she's had a call. Um, or oh, she's set up a PR job essentially um, with the the shake came to it yeah. to her with the proposition, proposition at the premiere yeah essentially like could she do promotion for his hotel and and she said I will do it if I can bring my girlfriends along with me so they get a full expenses paid holiday and like week long stay in Abu Dhabi I mean what a dream job though and she proposes it to the girls at brunch and. Oh, we forgot to say, Miranda at this time has also quit her job because Miranda's also got a storyline of being like, <laughs> I keep forgetting. There's like a story, also a little storyline with Miranda. I think she was like shunted to the side in this film. Not gonna lie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. She's like a lawyer, but she then end, yeah. she ends up quitting because she has a really awful boss who does the really awful thing of every time she speaks, he puts her hand his, his hand up to stop her. Yeah. So she quits. Yeah. And so she's really keen because she has no nothing else on to go on holiday. The only one who's got reservations is Charlotte. And then Samantha pulls out the big gun. I go to children's birthday parties for you, which I thought was quite funny. But then I was also like, because I think Miranda takes the piss out of it. And I was like, but for real, if you don't even like children and you're going to children's birthday parties, like your friend can come on holiday for a week. Also, I feel like Charlotte always acts like she's got loads of stuff on. And I'm like, but you have a husband, which Samantha says, which made me laugh, and then a full-time nanny. You, it's not like you don't have help. You can go. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, so a week. And I mean, Charlotte feels like a helicopter mom, to be honest. Oh, she 100% <laughs> is. You know she it's is. It's too much. It's, I mean, it's not too much. I mean, you know, every mom is different, but still. How... 
how real do you think this is? How real do you think that this proposition for like, I'll go, but my my three best friends have to come with me. How how do we feel about this? This would never happen. I can never imagine it happening. The, the fact that they've got everything paid for them. I know, and it's I like know. everything is first class. Everything is like six, seven hundred star hotel resort. Everything. They've got butlers. <laughs> <laughs> so they've gone to this branch. They've all agreed that they're going to go on this great trip, whatever. And then it's just time for the trip. And this is the moment that Big finds it necessary or finds it a good time to bring up the fact that he thinks that maybe they should have two days off a week from their marriage. This guy's timing is the worst I've ever seen. And also just the most typical thing a man can do. They have no tact. But... I feel like real people aren't like this. Real men are not like this. He's got the emotional capacity of a teaspoon. Why does Carrie like him? I mean, that's a... I I don't understand. (laughs) I've always said this. Like, I don't understand why she would ever have picked him. She's, she's like, settled for less. (laughs) (laughs) And then she says this other thing, which made me really angry. Firstly, why is he telling her before a trip? And then she says, is this because I'm a bitch wife who oh nagged you? I hate it. This is this this is my point of <laughs> this film is so misogynistic. Yeah, it's just it just comes off as internal misogyny, and I'm just and I thought I would yes. have thought these women would have like we've said this before, but these women would have grown up or grown out of that. You'd hope to, but it takes a lot of time. Internal misogyny is very hard to outgrow. Yeah, and then they show her kind of sitting with it when the girls get on the plane. She kind of floats it to the girls to say, like, look, me and Bigger thinking about taking this time off. And then Charlotte says a valid thing. She says, two days off, you make marriage sound like a job. Which it is. Like, you have to work to keep your relationship alive, I believe. Like, I don't think that anything is easy. And, like, fairy tale endings are not a thing. I think that... You know, you have to work at these things because people change and grow all the time and you have to compromise if you're in a relationship because, you know, it it has to be give and take. It can't be just give, give, give or just take, take, take. That's not a relationship. Charlotte says this thing and then afterwards she says, but doesn't it hurt your feelings that he'd want time off? And then Carrie just brushes it off like you just don't understand, like you just don't get it. I really, I didn't like that. I didn't like that whole kind of, I didn't. Because it's it invalidates like Charlotte and her opinion and her feelings. Yeah, and also she's right because you feel hurt. You know, like she's right, and you know that she's right, but you're being like you're brushing her off for no reason. You're getting defensive over something that you know is true because every single person would in your position would feel hurt if that happened to them. If I was with someone and I was married to them and they were like, can we get, can I get like a two day hall pass essentially? You'd feel so shit about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like how is that supposed to make you, how how are you ever supposed to feel okay with that? I know people have open marriages and stuff and that's fine, but that's, that's a choice that they came to together. This one is, he's saying, let's have two days off a week and she hasn't contributed to it. She's just said, I did that for two days and it wasn't like I had two days of our marriage. I had two days to work. I sat there in my room and I worked and I went for brunch with my girlfriends one time because I was I needed to eat. And that was it. It's not like she's, she's like, oh, I want to get a place so I can watch TV and do yeah. all the shit that pisses he you off. Like, he says that. And I'm just like, isn't that the whole point of being married to someone? 
But marriage is like you don't just love them, you like them too. Yeah, like you like spending time with it. I don't know. <laughs> but also your partner is also supposed to be your friend. Like the romantic interest is there, obviously. Exactly. But like if they're not your friend, then what's and the point? And this is why like, uh, I mean, this is up to debate, but a lot of really successful, from my perspective, a lot of successful relationships have come from date, just going straight into dating. But a lot of other ones have, you've been friends first because you've got that like, because you know that they, you like, you know that you like them. And it all, it's everyone is different, yeah. but you've got to, but that if you, if yeah. I got told that by someone that they wanted two days away from me and this was the person that I loved the most and was like my, essentially my whole life, I would be like, oh, I wouldn't be able to handle it, I don't think. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, you want me to change my surname and then you want to fucking take two days off? Absolutely not. I think I'm getting secondhand, like, heartbreak. It's so painful. Ew, I don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I've just hated the way that they handled it. I'm just thinking about how you and I would talk about our brunch, and I feel like if I told you that, I would be upset. And Mm -hmm. I feel like there's this whole thing within this series in particular of, especially in the films, and they can't be sad. And I'm like, you're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to feel vulnerable. You're allowed to Mm -hmm. feel hurt. You're allowed to feel disappointed. Mm. Because even in the last film, like, they made this whole thing, you know, when Big stood her up at the wedding. (laughs) Yeah. The girls went on a honeymoon with her and she was just sitting in the dark and she just couldn't process any of her emotions and she was just so upset. And I was just like, yeah, that's why that film was a bit more grounded Mm. and realistic and I felt like you could relate to them. Whereas this one, she's supposed to not feel anything and she's supposed to just carry on with her life. Oh, we're going on holiday, so it it doesn't matter (sighs) if I feel hurt or... We're just not going to talk about the it. The guy that stood her up at the altar is now telling her two years later that he wants the two days off their marriage. Who is the real villain in this film? <laughs> <laughs> so they've flown to Abu Dhabi. They arrive. And we now have one of the first comedy scenes. Or not comedy scenes. I wouldn't even say it's a yep. comedy scene. It's just a reference to, to Samantha's, like, her storyline. It's the point to say, obviously, Samantha's the most sexually active and, like, open to sexually open character out of all four of them. So taking Samantha and putting her in a very, like, conservative and religious country (sighs) doesn't feel like it lands comedically how they... Like, it's not... It doesn't land in the comedic way that they probably hoped it would. Can I just... (sighs) On your point, I agree with you, but also, I feel like if she is where she is, She's in charge of PR. She knows people. She's good with people. Isn't that the whole point of someone that's that successful? She has her own PR firm, essentially. So she knows yeah. how to behave. And then they just throw all of that shit out of the window. Like, she doesn't know how to hold herself. Mm-hmm. If she's going there for business, she's not having sex on the beach with someone and then getting... Like, all of these plot points don't make any sense because... She would not be as lascivious and as brash as they're making her out to be. And also, it's kind of a caricature of sexuality. And I didn't enjoy it because no one is really like this and no one can relate to this. Yeah, exactly. So what, you're just going to throw that all out the window for some cheap gags that aren't even funny? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they go through airport security. And this is where I was thinking, because they... She gets all of her pills that she's been taking to prevent her menopause and all her cream uh take uh, confiscated because she's not allowed to like take it into the arab emirates i guess and so 
she freaks out because she's now is without them. And then yeah. the car, <laughs> the cars roll up and they have a car reach. <laughs> Ridiculous. It's just um, the extravagance is just, it hurts my head yep, a bit. Yeah, a Maybach each specifically. <laughs> There's this, this kind of level of luxury and dope being doted on, I think is, I wonder if it's a British thing, but I just don't enjoy enjoy it. So they get their own car and they get driven to this like hotel. And I have to mention, because as they're coming up to the hotel, there is a shot of just Carrie in the back of the car. And she just like looks up and she's like, she's smiling. I can't. I had it. Like, I literally was crying with laughter when I saw this because it's such bad mm. acting as well. She's laughing. She's like, oh, she's like, oh, my God. And she clutches her chest. <laughs> like, she's so taken aback <laughs> by it. And it's the one of the ber- worst pieces of acting I've ever seen from Sarah Jessica Parker. And it was so funny. Wow. And when Miranda says, <laughs> we're in Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi do. And I was just like, oh. She's not Miranda. That She's not the Miranda that everyone else, like, kind of seemed to like. Like, she's, I mean, arguably kind of the best one, I would say. But that's my opinion. But I feel like the audience feedback that they got from the first film was like, she's too hot, make her more feminine. And then they made her into this person. Yeah, and I so think stupid. That's what it feels like anyway. I feel like they really tried to soften her. And I was like, why? That's not what we want. Mm. Can I just say, one of my favourite props in this film are definitely their, suit, their coordinated luggage. Like, I really loved Samantha's whole red luggage set. I, it just made me laugh so much because I was like, yeah. how... How much luggage are you taking? You're going for a week, hun. I know. There's so many costume changes in this hol- it's like, actually, and holiday. And they go shopping as well. So There's it's so ridiculous. Many. It's ridiculous. So that so they are they are shown around. They're like, are you, are you just not going to talk about Omid Jalili being the hotel manager? <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. Do you know what <laughs> I like? I obviously know him. He's like a British. He's British TV like star. He's obviously yeah. been in British TV and he's been in a lot of films. Right. I saw him play um, Fagan on the West End in Oliver. I bet he was amazing. <laughs> he was so good, but I can't unsee him. <laughs> like, As like, Fagan. I can't, like, I just can't. That's so funny. Like, he was so good at that. And that was like, it, because obviously it's live and it's just like, yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God. But of course it's like, He's like, it feels like it's, it's just another typecast, isn't it? Yeah, he's massively. Ir- Iranian, isn't he? I think he's Iranian. Um, but so it's not even the same country, but still. Um, it's just, yeah, he's just there. But then they, they have this plot point where they're shown the suite by four. They each have a butler, each. And they're shown around. Say what I think you're going to say. And then they call them each by name. And Charlotte has used her maiden name. And Carrie's just like, what happened to Golden Black? And then Charlotte's just like, it's the Middle East. And I wanted to go up and slap one of them. They are so bad. What? So we're just happy with casual racism? They're so insensitive. They're so insensitive. It's awful. And I thought you were about to talk about the first of all gag. that Samantha's like butler. She, she what can't pronounce... Abdul and I'm just like it's Abdul it's Abdul and it's but like like Paula and so she's just yeah. like my butler's gay and yeah. I was just like yeah. okay and <laughs> and then we have the other storyline where Carrie actually gets to know her butler a bit 
and finds out that he is a kind of temp. He's like a he's an Indian immigrant. Yeah, yeah, he's an immigrant, uh, immigrant, and he works here. And he only gets to see his wife mm-hmm. every three months or something yeah. like that when yeah. he can afford to. And then she's like, oh, and then she's like, oh my god, I'm going through the same thing. No, you're not. But you know, yeah. she puts it. She uses that experience. She to, uses like, it to frame her, her own, own experience. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's so annoying. It's such a typical carry move. I know. So I hate annoying. it. So they show the ho- it's amazing. The suite is amazing. We later find out that it's twenty two thousand dollars a night. So of course it's going to be amazing. But so then someone's they- salary, yeah, salary. I know Sorry. it's insanity for a night. By the way, not not yeah. the whole stay, just one night. So they go. Yeah. It's great. It's beautiful. Then they show them come out to go to the pool, and I was like, "What in the hell are they wearing to go to the pool?" I wrote this down because it's it's. Okay, I don't know if we've actually mentioned the direction yet, and like the choices that were made for the direction, but they do it. They've do, they there are bits of the film where they've made such such choices, where the direction is so it's so performative. Like it looks like they're about to like go out and do like back go into a musical number. Yeah, and it's 100%. so annoying. And this bit walking down the side of the pool. Yeah, is exactly that and i was so but then like you kind of once you get over that then you kind of zone in on what they're wearing mm-hmm. and it's just a lot why is it, every single why is ain't every scene at least one of them having to wear harem pants i hated it i was like okay we get it you're in an arab country that's not the only fashion yeah it's also they acted like they didn't know much about the middle east before coming here so it's really hard to believe that they would ever delve into the Middle Eastern inspired fashion yeah. beforehand and have it packed. Yeah, exactly. Sarah Jessica Parker is definitely wearing a salwar kameez. It looks like they cut one in half and made it into like a waistcoat, a structured waistcoat. And I was just like, okay, cool, fine. Are we just not going to acknowledge mm-hmm. people of colour as designers? I guess this is the way the film's going. But then then they have this discussion. and oh, I hated I it. hate what, like, so Carrie talks about the niqab and she says the bell across the mouth freaks me out it's like they don't want them to have a voice and i actually I put hated i put my face in my hands <sighs> i hate it because that is literally because you can imagine how many other women white women have ever said that yeah about arabic women it's a anyone, choice any like kind of, it's your uh, choice you don't have to wear any any veil that you don't want to firstly she literally she was getting. She got annoyed because a woman was crying over the fact that she didn't want to have kids, and that's her choice. Yeah. And now she's judging another woman for making a choice. Make up your mind about what side you want to be on. Yeah. For goodness sake, it's so annoying. And then you've got Miranda, who is like the A type. Per- okay, I kind of. This is where I kind of felt a bit similar because A type personality organization mm. trying to learn, like, want to go and see all the cool things. But Miranda was used as that tool of explaining stuff. I know. Miranda really saying Hanji was just like, what's happening? I was just like, <laughs> her just speak, trying to speak Arabic. It was like, like sweet, because, you know. She's made, she's, she's I making mean, an effort. She's made, yeah, she, exactly. She's made more of an effort than any of the Exactly, others, exactly. Uh, but sure. then I feel like they used it to comedic effect and I was just like, it's not funny. Like they were using Hanji as a, as like Samantha, like you shouldn't teach Samantha how to say yes in other languages. And I was just like, oh, I don't think it's hitting the mark that you want it to hit. Yeah, exactly. I um, Carrie made that comment about the veil across the mouth, and then she saw that them at the table had ordered chips, mm-hmm. um, and she was like, "How are they going to eat that?" And 
she like made it was such a judgmental comment like who gives a crap who gives who cares man it's not it doesn't affect her this kind of narrative is i feel quite dangerous because it's kind of imposing those western values on quote-unquote savage nations it's like imperialism and orientalism at, at its finest and I hate it when they do it in in Hollywood films like this because they just normalise it and it's just okay. Like, you're in their country. Yeah. That's the normality. You are not the normality. Mm, I didn't, yeah. I also felt that, like, for a comedy or for essentially a rom- is it a rom-com comedy film? Like a Hollywood comedy film with such a big following to c- make passing comments and use dialogue that like that just normalises opinions. If they're comfortable enough to say it in a in a con- in a different country where the majority of these people live that way, think about how it's normalizing it to like say in the states. Yeah. The girls get this amazing spread for bre- breakfast. I was so jealous of the food. I like there was. I just saw it in like the corner of the little corner of the frame. There was a big platter of smoked salmon, and I just knew. <laughs> I just like, knew that if it was me, I was going straight. I would just. I'll just go straight for it. <laughs> I love, and also for some reason, whatever it is about being on holiday, but breakfast when you're on holiday. Unparalleled. Is, it's, oh, it's so good. It's the best. I uh, I was so upset about Charlotte and what she said. Okay, yeah. So she does were. this thing where she's just like, <laughs> just fresh food for me. And I'm just like, there's all this food and that's what you're going to have. She, does, she did this when they went to Mexico as well. And I was like, I hate you. I hate your life. Small perception of the world. You shouldn't travel then, firstly. Then secondly, it just was so funny to me that Samantha was just eating a bowl of hummus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What big mood. 10 out of 10 would do that. (laughs) And it just made me laugh. And then they decide that they're going to go to the soup, but only Miranda Miranda and and Carrie go. And I, this is like one of the things that I wrote down about that fashion choice, because I was like, Miranda just looks like a coloniser. (laughs) <laughs> yes a hundred percent oh my god it was so, it's just like either your either the costume is so there's the three types of outfits i've noticed it, either it's offensive their, their <laughs> outfits are offensive um whether or not it's for a joke or not but it's still offensive it's unnecessarily over the top for what they're doing mm-hmm. which i guess also could be the third point as well it's just ridiculous it's just like not it's just ridiculous and it's just <laughs> there were so many that it's just it's too much for me yeah like the questions and i was also so distracted like who go the hell goes to a market with a fucking ball gown skirt on i know and her stupid well. little sunglasses that she holds in her hand like a like a masquerade mask. Yeah, it was a director's choice also to make her turn around and, you know. Use it. Do it. Oh, I hated it. I yeah. really just didn't like it. But so they go to this and I think, didn't they get a warning before they left to be yeah. aware of specific men selling you stuff? But... Yeah, you must not have the forbidden experience, which sounds like something dirtier than it is. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... They go and get spices because... Why not? Because white people in Arab countries, yeah. <laughs> yeah, typical. Then Carrie spots this shoe stool. Yeah. And she's like, wow. She sees a shoe and she tries them on. She's, this whole scene of her and the 
salesman communicating is one of the most awkward things I've ever had to watch in my life because <laughs> it's such a stereotypical yep. like white person trying to yep. communicate trying to communicate with a person who's openly said that they can speak English and she's yeah. still she's still she she oohs and ahs a lot yeah it's so annoying and so she tries on these shoes and then she decides to buy them and then she does that stupid thing I literally just shouted at the film when this happened she put her spices down oh the call to prayer happened so she got and she yeah it happened so she got distracted so she put the spices and her passport down on the bench and then or the the the, the stool bit and then walked into the middle of the square and was like you know taking in the culture of the prayer call (laughs) and then Aiden appears what's Aiden like it's a mirage and then they do that super cringy slow-mo walk together do we have to do this I bet you, I want to know what people, if people saw this in the cinema and were proper big fans of Sex and the City, I want to know the crowd's reaction to like to seeing Aiden from screen. Because mm. I wondered if they had marketed this film as he was a surprise. They had kept his cast. Because I think that probably would have been a better reaction. That would have got a better reaction. But obviously Aiden is there to, Carrie's questioning her, well not questioning, she's having an issue with her marriage and then her ex turns up. The one that got away essentially. And is there doing trade or business or something and then invites her to dinner the following evening. Would you go? No. In it? Not at all. I'm on a holiday with my friends. <laughs> Why would I go? Why would you go? What benefit is there for going to, on going to dinner with an ex? Especially because when they engaged at one point as well, <laughs> nothing good can come of that. No. No. They're engaged, but she wouldn't wear a ring or something like that. Yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, I just wouldn't have bothered. Such a stupid thing. I think it was kind of the in the surprise moment of seeing someone. Like, it's the last person you would imagine seeing on the other side of the world. Yeah. Oh, God, it's just ridiculous. Then they go back. She goes back to the hotel, blah, blah, blah. Then they do that tourist porn thing of they have to do a ride through the desert because it's an Arab country. So it has to be done. There has to be some sort of camel scene. They have to be in their col- colonizer outfits. Samantha's wearing like a Lawrence of Arabia headpiece. I don't know what the fuck Charlotte's wearing. Like Miranda's wearing a jumpsuit, oh but with a shawl. All of it is madness. This is what I noticed out. There are there's so there's the outfit that they drove to the the area to yeah. drove to it. Then there's the and then like and then they're all saying, oh, I can't wear this on a camel. So then. Miranda set up that a load of new clothes have been brought for them. Yep. So they change to to outfits that don't look any more efficient to ride a camel. No. But they obviously just did it for that one scene of them all, for that promo shot of them walking in the desert, right? That was basically so what this whole... Because there was nothing yeah. of note in this thing that happened apart from they did this horrible camel toe joke and it wasn't funny. Yeah, and then they ride a camel... And then they stop for lunch or something, and then they're in a different outfit again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that as and, well. And they meet the Danish architect. He cut. He ugh, hate when this up. This is this is a choice that's been made. But to show the kind of guy he is, he's standing up in a in a jeep, not wearing a seatbelt. Yeah, he's such a bad boy. Yep, and it's like actually, guys, car safety is really attractive. So <laughs> sit down. <laughs> stupid like oh i don't even remember any dialogue he ever had sand dunes and sunset what is better 
I'll be late to the hotel, Garo. And then I'm just like, oh, no. And then Samantha's like, Lawrence of Mylabia. And I was like, oh, my God, what is happening? Is my brain having a meltdown? How is this actually on film? Is it because I like, also, I forgot, we should have probably mentioned that in the previous scene by the pool, she oh. was, they were by the pool and they were surrounded by uh, all the, apparently all the rugby, like world rugby players were there because there was like qualifiers or some shit or something like that. So there, there was a scene where the Australian rugby team were like slow mo taking off their clothes yep. and jumping in the pool, and Samantha because she hasn't had her pills or something, or she, so she's like I can't feel anything. But there's absolutely nothing happening. Like I know I can like see that they're attractive, but I'm not feeling anything. And she's really panicking. And then this Danish guy comes around, and he's she's like I finally felt something. Yeah, like I finally feel like something down there, and I'm like oh my god. Yeah. Okay, and then they finish off this perfect day that Miranda's planned for them by doing karaoke in the hotel bar, and it is the worst thing that I've ever seen. I couldn't watch it. I had to look away. It was awful, and I felt so sorry for all the belly-dancing women that had to do karaoke to this horrible song. I was so surprised by it, because they go... um... They do this karaoke. They do what song is what song do they sing? I am woman hear me roar. Oh my god. First of all, it's a shit song. Yeah. Like it's not a good karaoke song. No. But it made me laugh because it's one of those things where you're not really into the scene, so I just like think about the production of the scene and how what they've obviously <laughs> tried to do with this scene is make it really empowering for all the women in the crowd. And it's Hated like supposed it. to be like if you would sing if you're singing this in a smile, you're supposed to like feel really empowered. Because every other woman is singing along, and yeah. like it just turned to like this other group of white women having a hen party. These this other woman, this older woman singing. This blah, blah blah blah. All these different ages of women just singing, and it was so stupid. And then it was just so cringy and bad, uh-huh. and like not fun. That was it. But I hated the karaoke scene. But they carried over with this empowerment theme because they the Danish guy asked her on a date, and she's like, "Well, I'm here with my girls, so obviously not." Um, I'm free tomorrow night though and then and then um, Carrie's just like oh, I never thought that I would see you turn down a, a man and then Samantha's just just like yeah obviously like we're friends I'm on a night out with my friends and I was just like yes the bare minimum <laughs> yes exactly exactly um, then it's the next Ooh, day can I just say one one other thing yes yes you can the guy, the, yeah. I just saw a titch on the keyboard and I was like, ah! Um, <laughs> the guy, we forgot to mention his name is Rickard Burt. And I wanted to peel my oh, own the, eyes out of my face. The Dutch guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they had to make it a Danish. funny name to make. Danish. So, Samantha, a, 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 yeah, a Danish name. So Samantha could make a joke about it. Oh, so is, is that Danish for Dick, for Richard, which is also a, shortened to Dick? Oh. Wow, it's like unoriginal jokes as well. Oh, <laughs> like I was just like, funny. can I vomit now? So then this leads on to the next day. They're kind of hungover. Carrie gets Samantha's New Yorker, which, <laughs> can I just say, what? She goes away for one week and she has to have the New Yorker delivered to her in Abu Dhabi. Like, you can be away from... Can't, isn't the whole point of being on holiday like being away from what you normally do, just having a complete break from it? Also, it's 2010. Smartphones, just get it on your phone. What the hell? Exactly. Smartphones exist. Okay. And then 
Yeah. So Carrie gets a bad review and then spirals. That's the point. That's the turning point of this film is she gets one bad review and then shit hits the fan. To justify it, she says, this is really annoying. She says, I'd never felt so far away from home or myself. And I groaned out loud and was just like, oh, God. Then she puts on eye makeup and go- immediately calls Aiden. And she's like, yes, I'm going to dinner with you. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. She also puts like, is it? it I, I wondered if it was like specific makeup for Arab. I mean, in South Asia, like coal eyeliner, everyone uses it. Mm. I don't know. It was a weird plot point. Like, I want to look exotic and badass and free she and different, yeah. like different from my usual self. And I hated it. Oh, it's just so stupid. And also when she gets that bad review. She's like, oh, I've been carrying the New Yorker around in my purse my whole life. It's really important to me. And then Charlotte, she snaps at Charlotte as well. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the review was to say that like Carrie is she's made her career from being single, and so to talk about marriage or something is she should keep her mouth shut. The review is saying that she should be quiet for whatever she's talking about because she's not. Um, excuse me, <laughs> sorry. Um. <laughs> Look yeah. shit. <laughs> that cat just headbutted Holly's mic. Um, yeah, so of course she's angry, but I thought like if Carrie's had such a long, long career and built such an empire for herself, surely you'd get like better at like taking criticism. Yeah, hundred percent. You can't be a writer and not have criticism. You have to have such yeah, a thick skin to be a writer because they're so much rejection associated. Like everyone really romanticizes it and it's horrible. Like I hate writing. Because for every one thing that you've done right, you've got at least twenty five rejections and that's at minimum. hmm So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. can we not can we not? And then she just like spirals off this one this one bad review. I know it's in the New Yorker. I understand that she's she wants to achieve a lot of things, but it's putting all your hopes on I don't know, one thing is a bit silly. Oh yeah, so Miranda and Charlotte have come back from their mas- their spa day and she is leaving for her dinner with Aiden. And this is the cold, awful bit. This is when Carrie's really awful to Charlotte. And like Yeah, that was mean. Fair. She was awful. She was so mean She's and she was so horrible. rude. Cause Charlotte just says, Why are you going to dinner with him? You're playing with fire, which is completely true. Especially when you're going to dinner with him. You dressed up to go to dinner with him. Exactly. There's obviously some sort of thing that you want to get from it. Mm-hmm. It's not like a casual breezy dinner with a with a guy that you used to date. Thought was put into every thing that she did. Uh-huh. You can't deny that she was making an effort, and then rightly so that she and just Carrie seems to be so constantly defensive about anything that Charlotte says to her specifically. Mm-hmm. Do you think that if that was the situation with your friend? Would you stand by and let her say that? It's weird that Miranda doesn't say anything. Yeah. If someone said that to me and I was with and another friend was standing there, I would have you would have deep down hope that the someone else third like friend sticks would up for you up, at least. Yeah. Sticks up up for you. Not only stick up for you, but be like, yeah, don't say that, but also like she's right. Like yeah. back 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 up the point, essentially. Yeah. Like because she is right. Yeah. <laughs> Carrie's so shit about it because you should be grateful that your friends care are enough. calling you out. Yeah. And care enough to call you out, like when you're being an arsehole and yeah. when you're being a dick and when like, you're doing isn't something that stupid. What you because have if they honest friends for, right? 
if you if they didn't, then they obviously don't give a shit about you. Yeah. Simultaneously, we have <laughs> Carrie's dinner with Aiden, which I will say do not remember much from because they just they're just <sighs> awkwardly chatting to each other. So, and then on the other, and then whilst they're having that, we have Miranda and Charlotte at their like sweet bar. Mm-hmm. Miranda doing the most. Miranda yeah, Miranda's saying, doing oh. the most this holiday, and they're having a conversation like mother to mother, which I thought was quite nice. I really, I felt like that was the only bit of the film that I thought was a good bit. Mm-hmm. That was the realest part of this film. Hundred percent. Basically, the theme of that date night is that being a mother is not enough, and I thought that was a really good point. This felt like some sort of semblance to the characters that they would have been in the TV series. Yeah, because a lot of women think that being a mum is going to bring like all this joy and stuff. And a lot of the time, it like there's a big chance that it might not be the case. Yeah. There's other things that make her who she is. It's proving that being a mum is not the only thing a woman is here for. And also being a mum is difficult. Yeah, and it's acknowledging being, being a mum is tough, especially... Like, I thought it was quite funny when they were just like, and how did the women without full-time help do it? And it just made, that made me laugh. It made me laugh because it's, yeah, it's majority of people, I would say. Yeah, exactly. The money that they have. Yeah, exactly. The privilege that they speak from. I think that's why this film doesn't work as well. You can't relate to any of this because they're just talking about this in their, their $22,000 a night suite in their Dior dresses and it's so far removed from anything that me or you or anyone else has probably ever experienced or probably will experience. Yeah. We Aiden. cut back to Aiden, Aiden and... and... Oh, I hated dinner. it. I hated it. So they both acknowledge that they're married and then he's showing her pictures of his children and then he talks about how his wife is, has always like kept one eye on Carrie, the one that got away. Is this not weird? Do you think... This is also a thing, like, either it was Carrie as a character or it was maybe just Sarah Jessica Parker's, like, acting. Mm. But she looked very uncomfortable for the whole time. I mean, she, I she feel, was... you know, I'm not I'm not a big SJP fan, so the only <laughs> thing that I've ever no. liked her in is Hocus Pocus, and that's because she really doesn't get that much screen time. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's, she's so I just, awkward. She made the whole scene even more awkward than it actually was. Yeah. But, yeah, they talk about how he couldn't get a rock on her... And I forgot, well, basically forgot that Aiden and Big don't like each other. And so... Yeah. He says, my mistake was trying to get the ring on you. And she's just like, yeah, I still don't have one. And he says, you are not like other women. And I close my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) It's so annoying. I hate that. It's not a fucking compliment. It's not a compliment. Mm, it's not it doesn't it doesn't sound like how men think it sounds is not how it sounds to us it's so bad how women are conditioned to feel like it's a compliment it's not that's not a compliment so you're shitting on other women to make me feel good it's stupid and superficial and vapid and i hate it it's so ridiculous don't you always think it's kind of like it also comes off this thing when a woman play is hard to get yes quote unquote (laughs) yeah quote unquote and he says it as a compliment to say, oh, you're not like other women, like you're a challenge. Yeah. Or like that. There's like, there's something underlining about that too. And I really dislike it. Oh, he, this also pissed me off. He's just naming the Arab Emirates. There's only seven. And he's like, I remember one every time I come here, I've got to four. And I was just like, are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> 
You're so silly. And what you're saying that they each arch is like represented of one or something. Exactly. And it was like and the then, architecture or something. And like then that. from that they kiss. Why did they kiss? Like I don't know. So this is like the this is dramatic so like problem in her in the rest of the film. And mm-hmm. she goes home to the girls and she's just like, Oh, I don't know if I should tell Big and Miranda says something like Yeah, when Steve told me that he had cheated on me, it was devastating. But it only happened because it only happened once it it passed, essentially. I don't think Miranda's advice in that moment was actually that good. No. It was kind of it didn't really like bring anything to the table. Yeah. Whereas Samantha was quite more was way more direct in saying, No, don't tell him. Because it's only a kiss. Which I also think is wrong though. If you feel like you should tell them if you've got a gut feeling, then you should tell them. At the end of the day, it's your it's your choice, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and then she tells him. But the the way that she worded it really made me annoyed. Because she says... <sighs> I hated the phone call. Yeah, she says... So much. Somehow we kissed and it didn't mean anything. And I just wrote, what in capital letters? Because I was like, this is not an apology or an explanation. So basically you're doing that thing of you want him to forgive you right off the bat and you haven't apologised properly. You've just been like giving excuses and you haven't taken any responsibility for it. Also, surely you would have like slightly rehearsed what you were going to say before you called up. Yeah. Like, is that just me? So she tells him and then he just like says... He just hangs up. Uh, yeah, I have to go. I'm at work. Yeah. But how did we think we, he was going to react? They can't communicate. Well, I don't understand how they're still married. They have the weirdest marriage ever. So she's just left feeling some sort of way. And then the the night does not finish there. Nope. It does not, my friend. <laughs> Samantha, has, Samantha has gone on her date by now. Yeah. I hate this With the Danish well. guy. Yeah. And they go to a shisha lounge. He says something like, you're a natural. At Shisha, it's not that hard. Mate, no offence to them, but neither of them looked like a natural at Shisha when they, were, <laughs> when they were actually doing it. So they make all these obviously sexual jokes and then Samantha starts to like suck, like she's giving head to the Shisha pipe. I know, I and it. it instantly turns, turns the guy on. I know. And across from them is like this um, other couple who've obviously um, noticed what's happening. So then they decide to take a walk on the beach. Which is code for like, let's have sex on the beach. Exactly. And then as they're walking out, he's got like, he's got a hard on. Yeah. And (laughs) And he undoes the back of her dress. And and he undoes the back of the dress. Yeah. And then you see as they leave, then the couple are complaining to like an officer Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to... Is it a phone call? Mm-hmm. Like, quite later on, they're all asleep and it wakes up Carrie. Yeah. And it's a phone call saying that Samantha's been arrested. <laughs> yeah. And it's, <sighs> this is just the beginning of the end, isn't yeah. it, really? Yeah. So basically, <laughs> all of their privilege are revoked because she's basically committed a felony. And so the Sheikh's like, yeah, don't want to do business with you. So this is why I just find it implausible because why would she do that? Why would she put a job at risk? Yeah. And also I don't like the fact that they frame it as a liberation and liberating and also progressive when it's not because you're not part of that culture. So you don't get to dictate what parameters are liberating and and what things make it 
new and cool and sexy or whatever because you're not part of that culture you don't get to decide that and you don't get to be the spokespeople for that mm-hmm. and then so they're, they're then rushing out of the hotel because they can't afford it and they have to go to the soup because Carrie has finally realised that she left her passport there <laughs> she miraculously it's still there as well as her spices yeah and then Charlotte is doing the most to make them miss their plane the absolute most Mate, I would have just left her there. Like, honestly. She actually pissed me off in this bit. It was so annoying. Does she not know the, the severity of this situation? But also, the time limit is a bit funny because it's like a time limit. It's not that they'll miss their plane. It's just that they'll get bumped down to, like, economy. Yeah. Instead of first class. And God forbid they don't fly first class. Yeah. Okay. Charlotte and Samantha have not been to the market yet. So they don't know about the men that just come up to you and ask, like, want to sell you stuff? So they get caught out by these guys. They think that Samantha's stolen a fake bag, right? Yeah, yeah. And But it turns out to be her own bag. So they have a fight in the middle of the street. Oh. The call to prayer is happening. And <laughs> the, the bag is ripped, opened, and everything spills out. And she's on the floor and she's surrounded by loads of men. Yeah. Everything that falls out, because it's Samantha, is it's all condoms. And so... She then, all the men start to but, shout. like, not just one or two. I'm, we're talking, like, reams of condoms. Two, three whole packets of condoms. Yeah. Like, how many people did she think she was going to be having sex with? In Abu Dhabi! <laughs> Come on. So then she does the worst thing. I think this is one of the worst things. This is she... the worst bit of the entire film, I think. Go. She sh- shouts back at them, essentially, and just shoves it in their faces. And it's like, yeah, like, basically, is like... Yeah, she's screaming, condoms, yes, I have them screaming condoms over and over again, waving them around. And I'm just like, what's the plot point of this? Yeah, also just stop pushing, like you said earlier, just stop pushing your that your version of how people see sex, like how you see sex is not how everyone else sees it. Yeah. I don't know. I think she sees herself as uh, like a liberator, as a progressive person. But she, what, and she's what not they, if she's judging people. Yeah, but this is like not her as a character, but this writing... Is just shitting over people's culture, and there's no yeah, plot point so to annoying. it. There's no design behind it because what is the point of it? There, nothing, like not nothing comes of it. It's so stupid. It's so redundant. It's so unnecessary. And it's just yeah. like you know, Arab men are like this. They have to be like this. They're aggressors and they're trying to diminish white women and they're agitators and you know they're trying to squish us into their box of tradition and it's just like no you're not part of their culture you you don't get to have a say yeah it's i think it's another it's plays into another stereotype doesn't it of just how western how western films write specific types of people yeah especially muslim people yeah it's really bad yeah and then they're saved oh yeah let's talk about this a group of arab women mm-hmm. who leads them away from the crowd into like a secret yeah. into a into a dried room. flower shop yeah and basically it's a group of women they talk to them they take off their veil so they can like see their full face and converse with them and then explain that what they all take off their clothes black outside outfit reveal like <laughs> the entire new york fall fashion from that year oh i don't think this is doing what i think it is doing yeah exactly and (laughs) i just it just feels like 
without the right kinds of clothes, these women aren't deemed worthy of respect, time or space. So they have to be in American for fashion for it to be recognised in this film. So it's like, you know, they're trying to make a point of like designers trump any kind of other labels of culture and time and space and continent Mm -hmm. stuff. A shallow at best premise, but fine. But then it confuses that liberation with imperialism and orientalism. Like what? Only white women from New York can access designers. This is this whole scene is all there to appeal to specifically white women because they have this. Yeah, like you said, they have this like mindset that uh, women from the Middle East are very hard done by. Yeah, they they don't have access to the same things as them. When it is actually very untrue. <laughs> it's very yeah. untrue. How do you know? You've you won't even like give their culture or their country the time of day. So it's so it's so stupid. It's such and but the but then the four the four um women are so amazed by it. Yeah. And like celebrating, start clapping. And then to top it off, they to they're like, How do we get back to the ta- the hotel <gasps> to get the taxi to get through this crowd of angry men? They use angry men too, which pisses me off yeah. a bit. So they put on the traditional clothing that women, the Arab women wear, yeah. and and like blend into. Well, essentially, their plan is to like blend into the crowd and not be seen. And I just, who thought that was a good idea? I know <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. It's one of those things that would never ever like now, but this would never have passed now. I know. Spoiler, they, they make the flight in first class. Yes, and then Carrie returns home. The, her voiceover essentially says that Big is not there to pick me up from the airport. Which I think is really childish because are they not established enough or mature enough in their relationship to communicate? I know, I just was not impressed by the lack of yeah um lack of communication between two pretty grown adults who have had more experience <laughs> in life than we have and we're better communication communicators than they are. Um Yeah. I also just think that the ending to this film is really shit. But we'll get to it. I agree. But he also says because she asked him where he's been and he says I was just like taking my time and you know, torturing you. I hate it. That's not... How dare he? (laughs) That's not... How is that enjoyable for... The only person that's enjoyable for is for him because it shows kind of full control over the relationship and she has, like, no say because she hasn't had any say about anything at all this whole time and it just proves it even more. So annoying, I think. Like, I feel like this... I just wrote at this point, I was just like, this film is so childish. All these tropes are so stupidly childish. I agree, I agree. So he gives, like, he gives her an engagement ring and (laughs) essentially that has a... He, like, essentially... It's an engagement with a black diamond and she questions why it's a black diamond. It says... He replies saying it's because she's like no one else. Um, They also had to, like, share vows... Because they didn't get to do vows at their actual wedding because he didn't turn up to it. The thing is, the vows that actually they're said is him dictating to her and making her say specific things. 
like I don't know, they haven't lost her back, but also to remember that she's married. And I'm like, oh. I'm sorry, did she? I don't think she forget forgot that she was married. I think she was too busy thinking about her marriage to forget she was married. Am yeah. I wrong? I don't know. It felt very strange. And then there's like a monologue or something about the, the, wrapping up all the storylines. Storylines. It's a very patriotic film without <laughs> obviously being a patriotic film. It's like yeah. the, the American, these, this is a very American way for women to be. Yeah. What would be if there was a Sex and the City, but it was set in London? It'd be very like different. It just wouldn't work. Yeah. It wouldn't work because we're not, I feel like British people aren't that kind of, well, we aren't those kind of people anyway. Or it would no. be absolutely awful to watch because there's definitely like the 1% that live in like central, central yeah i feel London. like they definitely oh, tried it with um i feel like made in chelsea is like an homage to this yeah there's definitely like, overlaps and stuff mm. but yeah this film was bad don't watch it yeah it all has all of those things where it's shallow not funny superficially feminist outright racist and apparently it's just they're chilling in our canon like we're just gonna people are just gonna say oh yeah i still loved it because i'm such a sex in the city fan even though it was panned by critics, it made $294 million. I'm not surprised. Cost and the budget to make the film was $95 million. SJP was also a producer on this, which makes me laugh a lot. What does she do? Exactly. What does she, I don't what know. Does she, what does she contribute? Um, <laughs> Can I tell you one thing that will blow your mind, though? So after yeah. all this talk about Abu Dhabi and Dubai being over... They didn't even get permission to film this in the United Arab Emirates. So this is filmed in Morocco. <laughs> Holy space, I wish you could all see it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So they didn't get permission no. to film there. So they... <sighs> and then they shot on the, the culture and country that they didn't yeah. even get to film in. Oh, dear. So have you got any... I mean, this is a very... I would say not prop heavy, but there's a lot of like iconic pieces of fashion. I'd say, were there? Did you have any favorites or not like bits that you or can I tell you my most hated thing or most hated pieces of fashion? Yeah, my most hated thing was Carrie's stupid hat when they on fly the plane, to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> what is that? Because she had a really decent dress on and she yep. ruined it. This is, I think, what Carrie does has a nice base dress but yep. thinks to go far out and to stand out from the crowd especially in new york you need to do it go further essentially ruining yeah. it less is more come on yeah i this. agree with it. <sighs> did you have a favorite outfit or did you have a, a a least favorite outfit and a favorite outfit there was a really nice like green dress <gasps> that carrie wore that was like concertina we have the same brain we have the Constant- same brain. It was really That's nice. my favourite outfit of hers. And it's when they yeah. go shopping to buy Samantha's premiere dress. And she mm. must be in it for like two, maybe three minutes. And it's, it's the, the best n- outfit of the film. It's the nicest dress. Hands it's like down. one of my favourite type, like shades of green. It's like an emerald yeah. green. It's such a beautiful colour. And I really yeah. liked it. I hated that hat. Imagine seeing someone walk down those aisles on a plane to... And just like, see, and just like, you just know that they're like going to be annoying to fly with. Yeah, I just read that Entertainment Weekly confirmed the budget, which was like I said, ninety five million. Um, 
which is 30 million more than the first film got. Mm. Um, Sarah Jessica Parker got paid 15 million um, because she because she also doubled her role as actor and producer on this. 15 million. She got million. 15 million for one film. Jeez Louise. It's a well, lot. there you go. Right. Do you want to guess the ratings? Okay, first of all, what do you give it out of 10? I gave it two. I gave it a two. I give it a two. Yeah. Two. I gave it a two. Three bad. Uh, what do you think Rotten Tomatoes gave it? That's percentage, right? Yes. I want to say 20%. Ooh. Bit lower, sixteen <laughs> percent. I love it. That's amazing. Um, I bet IMDb gave it something stupid like five point one. IMDb gave it. Oh, you're close. It was it was four point five out of ten. Yeah, that demographic that you know the Sex and the City watchers, they would have been yeah. like, yeah, fine. I wonder how if the hardcore fans that what they actually felt and thought about the film. Because obviously, yeah. if you the critical response bit on Wikipedia is filled with blatantly racist, blatantly yeah. anti-Muslim, and yeah, hundred percent. Critic from the Guardian described the trailers as borderline racist. Yeah, Hadley Freeman, right? Yeah. Which, if you get racist, if you get yeah, if you get the trick, if you get from the trailer that it's racist, God knows, like the film is awful. Yeah. Don't you feel like it was like <laughs> it was weird that they took them out of New York? Like I really thought that the when I feel like when I first watched it, I felt like the holiday wouldn't be most of the film. Because mm. obviously everyone arguably says that New York is the fifth character, yeah, like, of exactly. Sex and the City. So to remove to like lose that and to just see the women, the four women, like have to be in a different environment. It on paper sounds interesting because they're out of their comfort zone. Mm. Maybe it's trying to prove that they don't need New York to be themselves. But I, re- I really do think that they do. But they, but they kind of do because yeah. you can. T- but then the thing is that you, they, it. This film sort of proves that they do because they talk about their lifestyle is so wrapped up in New York. Mm. Yeah, it's just so stupid. The whole film was too silly, and they just should have. They should have done something different. I feel like they could have probably like. I don't know. I don't know what you what other storylines you could have probably told, but there's. I just feel like they could have given them real plot points. You know, make make the stakes higher. I feel like that was it. You know, at the end, Charlotte's husband's not going to cheat on her. You know that. You know, Samantha will just carry on screwing her way through New York, which is fine. And then Miranda quits her job in the first ten minutes, and then. You know she's going to find one eventually. And then they carry a big thing. You kind of know he's going to forgive her. She went back to him after he stood her up at the altar. I don't think Carrie's a good character. I also just think that they did Miranda so dirty in this film. Oh, so dirty. Basically, all of them are bad characters in their own way. And I don't know why it was even made. Yeah, don't waste (laughs) two and a half hours of your life because those are two and a half hours that we're never going to get back. You want to watch a great female-led comedy film that is probably two hours, maybe even less. Just watch Bridesmaids. That came out a year later and it holds up. Only a year later? Yeah, it came out in 2011. Wow. That hasn't... I don't think that's aged badly because that... And that's a good representation, I think, of female friendship. Better so than this, essentially, as well. Yeah. So, 
Wow. There you go. Sex and the City (laughs) 2. We did it. We got through it. it. (laughs) Yes. Cool. It's over. Finally. See you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Do you love the Bad Film Club? Consider supporting us through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you want to give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in our show description to support us in any way that you can. We really appreciate it.